When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Jake Crumpler. What's up, fellow fantasy managers? Welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler, and it's the weekend, so as always, I'll be taking over for Bubba as the host of the weekend editions of the podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter and can find all of my work at CrumplerBaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball-related from Friday, May 26th. As always, we'll kick it off with the transactions, injuries, news, and notes from around the league. Our IL placements kicks off with Will Myers landing on the 10-day IL with a kidney stone. Ouch. That should be a minimum 10-day stint, but it definitely is a painful one. Myers was hyped as this year's Brandon Drury as sort of the breakout guy in Cincinnati, but he has not lived up to that hype thus far with a 42 WRC+. The move opens up a roster spot for the return of walk and speed specialist Will Benson to return to the outfield in Cincinnati. Elsewhere, catcher Danny Jansen landed on the 10-day IL for the Blue Jays with a strained left groin. This doesn't seem to be anything serious, but the injury does open up full playing time for Alejandro Kirk until Jansen does inevitably return. In terms of transactions, outfielder Drew Waters of the Royals has been activated from his rehab assignment. He'll rejoin the Royals center field contingent after missing a while with an oblique strain, and if he can limit the strikeouts, he could be an option in 15-team 5 outfielder leagues because he does sort of have a power speed ability. Nate Eaton was optioned to the minor leagues in a corresponding move. Out in Baltimore, infielder Ramon Urias was activated from the 10-day IL. He missed nearly three weeks with a strained left hamstring. His role is somewhat limited as he'll likely be on the short side of a platoon at third base, but he'll likely fill in across the infield and see some at-bats at DH. Infielder Joey Ortiz never really got a chance, but he will be optioned to the minor leagues in a corresponding move. Out in Colorado, first baseman and outfielder Nolan Jones was recalled from the minors. He had previously been recalled, but didn't get into a single game classic rock move, but he's been off to a hot start in the minor leagues, batting 356 with 12 homers and 5 steals, good for a 182 WRC plus at AAA so far this year. He's got a skill set that's very reminiscent of Joey Gallo, so maintaining control over a potentially ballooning K-rate will be extremely important for Nolan Jones, but he should take over at first base with Michael Toglia being optioned, but he also has the ability to play the hot corner and can fill in in the corner outfield spot, so keep an eye on Nolan Jones. He might be worth some bids on Sunday. And the last transaction was outfielder Jake McCarthy of the Diamondbacks being recalled from the minors. He was a hot breakout pick during draft season, but he failed to live up to those expectations with a 29 WRC plus in 22 games to start the year in the majors. He was sent back down to the minors and he sort of got back on track at AAA batting 333 with four homers and four steals and a 132 WRC plus while striking out less than 13% of the time. And with Dominic Fletcher getting sent down yesterday, it 
it looks like Jake McCarthy should have an everyday role in the outfield as long as he puts the ball in play. And our last piece of news is John Means of the Orioles will not be rejoining the rotation anytime soon. He was expected to return in July. That is no longer the case. His return is delayed by a strained muscle in his upper back. It's muscular, but it's going to keep him out. We probably won't see him until August. Now we'll take a look at Friday and check out the notable performances from around the league, a day in which we had a full slate of 15 games. We'll start it off with the hitters and lead off with Brian Reynolds, who went three for four with two runs, a home run, a triple, four RBIs, a walk, and a steal for a combo meal in Seattle as he helped the Pirates to a win. He's up to seven home runs and seven steals now, and that dinger traveled 403 feet with a 107.5 mile per hour exit velocity. But after Reynolds' hot first week of the season, it's it's been a pedestrian month and a half or so from April 8th to May 24th. Reynolds batted just 250 with just a single home run, no steals, and a subpar 81 WRC+. So his early success was definitely carrying his overall numbers up to this point, but with one or two combo meals on Friday, Reynolds might be getting back on track. He's a guy that should be able to go 25 home runs and steal 15 bases with the current state of stolen bases in the game. Right now, Reynolds is sporting career-high stat cast metrics in all of the notable categories like barrel rate, hard hit rate, average exit velocity. It's, it's honestly pretty impressive. So a hot June should be on the horizon. I would expect Reynolds to shake off the slow second half of April and all of May and really start getting hot this summer. In Milwaukee, J.D. Davis helped the Giants to a win, going 3-for-6, scoring three times with a home run, two doubles, three RBI. That was his ninth home run of the season, and it traveled 422 feet. It's been a quietly great season for Davis, who is finally living up to his billing as a StatCast darling. He's had a couple good stretches throughout his career, but this season looks like it could be one of his best. He's batting third every day for a better-than-you-think Giants lineup and should continue to do so with nights like these. There may even be another level power-wise for Davis if he can lift the ball some more he's hitting the ball on the ground more than 50 percent of the time and could pump out some more long balls with an increased amount of balls hit in the air the giants coaching staff should continue to get the most out of davis so don't be surprised if his current stat line isn't his peak right now he's batting 278 with an 850 ops so i think there's still a higher ceiling for him if he can get back to lifting the ball like he did on friday and lastly bryson stott out in atlanta for the phillies went two for three scoring twice with two walks no home runs which is weird because we don't really talk about guys that don't hit dingers but he made up for it with three stolen bases he's now up to eight steals on the season he really showed off his wheels with that trio of steals on friday and stop was a guy that i touted as a philly sleeper in the preseason and so far he's proved me right while there's no doubt that his performance was awesome for fantasy managers on friday there are definitely some positives and negatives about his overall stat line in general i'm not sure he'll be able to keep up this offensive pace considering his propensity to hit the ball weekly which certainly caps his power he's already up to five home runs but he's got a 745 OPS, which with a 294 average that sort of suggests he doesn't walk a lot. He doesn't hit for a lot of power, but I think that's fine. He's a guy with a lot of speed, obviously, and great contact ability and rarely strikes out, meaning he should maintain a high BABIP and thus a high batting average. Additionally, he's leading off every day ahead of the likes of Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, and Kyle Schwarber in the Phillies lineup and should have even more scoring opportunities when Turner gets back on track. Stott's offensive ceiling is capped at the moment, but he's going to be a solid option in every league with 12 teams or more because of his ability to steal and produce a high batting average. But if you'd like a rundown of the hot batters from Friday, make sure to go to pitcherlist.com and read the daily batters box article.
Now we'll head to the rotation and check out the starting pitchers that had notable performances on Friday. Kicking it off with Hunter Green, who tossed six hitless innings with two walks and 11 strikeouts, inducing 16 whiffs and a 29% CSW across 110 pitches. Green was unhittable on Friday. His heater was great with 12 whiffs, but he got pretty lucky with aggressive batters and on balls in play the Cubs were sort of swinging at everything and Green got pretty lucky and surprisingly this was just his first win of the season we're almost all the way through May so that's pretty crazy and it's been somewhat of an inconsistent showing for Green this year he's had four double digit strikeout games so there's the positive but he's also walked three or more batters five times and allowed four or more runs in three starts so he definitely has good starts and bad starts his lack of control also leads to higher pitch counts resulting in early exits a lot of the time like we saw on friday as his 110 pitches kept him from pursuing the no hitter that he was authoring even still he's a must roster across all leagues because of his immense strikeout ceiling and his potential to take a step forward with better control green will look to extend his hitless streak in boston to kick off the month of june out in Colorado, Max Scherzer helped the Mets to a win, tossing seven innings, allowing just six hits, one and run, no walks, and eight strikeouts. He had 20 whiffs and a 29% CSW across 102 pitches. Scherzer was on point in a difficult setting in Coors Field. He had multiple whiffs with all five of his pitches as the four-seamer led the way with nine whiffs and a 36% CSW as he earned the gallows pull with the most whiffs in baseball on the day. It's been somewhat of a disappointing season for Scherzer as he's clearly entering the decline phase of his career for many that would mean being less than MLB caliber but for future Hall of Famers like Scherzer that level is still pretty freaking good the most notable decline in Scherzer's game has been the strikeouts as he's striking out less than a batter per inning for the first time since 2011 but more outings where he earns the gallows pole like he did on Friday should help him fix that problem Scherzer will take on the division rival Phillies in his next start and I expect him to go on a pretty solid run of success if he can keep racking up the whiffs like this. And lastly, we have Hunter Brown in Oakland. He tossed seven innings, allowing four hits, two run runs, and one walk. With 10 punch outs, he had 15 whiffs and a 40% CSW. So we go from Hunter Green to Hunter Brown. The young Astros hurdler had a big night in an easy matchup in Oakland. He recorded the first double-digit strikeout game of his career. And he also earned the King Cole with the 40% CSW being the highest mark among starting pitchers on the day. His knuckle curve put in work in this one with 10 whiffs and 52% CSW, while his heater stole 15 strikes and landed for 41% CSW. Brown's had a lot of success this year by limiting the usage of his fastball and trusting his deep arsenal. He turned to it a little more in this one, but but he still had a lot of success. The only concern for the year will be whether he breaks down as he nears the end of his workload or if the Astros will proactively limit him down the stretch. Could be a savvy move to consider shipping Brown off to another team before the fantasy trade deadline hits, as long as we expect him to approach his innings limit at some point in August so that'll be something to keep an eye on because if he starts nearing like 130 140 innings I don't think the Astros are going to push him they're going to want him down the stretch they're going to want him in the playoffs so you don't want him getting tired out before the most important games are on the doorstep Brown will take on the Twins in his next matchup. But if you'd like a breakdown of every single starting pitching performance from Friday, make sure to give the Plus Pitch Podcast a listen and go read Nick's daily starting pitcher roundup on PitcherList.com. Now we'll head to the bullpen to check out the relievers that got saves and the closers that pitched outside of save situations or blew their saves. For the saves, we got Tristan Beck, who got 10 outs for the Giants to earn the save. Ryan Presley got a save. Adam Adovino got a save as 
David Robertson pitched in the eighth. Emmanuel Classe worked around an erred run to secure his MLB leading 17th save. We also saw Craig Kimbrell and Jordan Romano earn saves, and Chad Cool got a save out of nowhere for the Nationals. As for the closers to pitch outside of save situations, we had Josh Hader who got screwed out of a save as the Padres put up a run in the top of the ninth, so he pitched with a four-run lead. Pete Fairbanks pitched up by six. The team put up a couple runs to make it a six-run lead right before Fairbanks came aboard, so that could explain that. And lastly, Dylan Floro pitched up by four for the Marlins. But if you'd like a breakdown of all of the notable relief pitching performances on Friday, make sure to give the Reliever Ranks article a look over on PitcherList.com. But before we look forward to today, we're going to take a quick break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Now we'll send it over to the wonderful Mark Paquette with the weather. Thank you very much, Jake. Full schedule, as always, for a Saturday And it's a holiday weekend, and even better news is that there's going to be no weather issues whatsoever. Plenty of afternoon games, some night baseball as well, so it's going to be a good day. Back to you. Thanks, Mark. Now we'll look forward to Saturday, May 27th, a day in which we'll have another full slate of 15 games. Starting off with my matchup of the day, I've got Zach Wheeler versus Charlie Morton, two veterans. Both of them know how to spin some breaking pitches and can throw the ball pretty hard. I think just having a couple veterans that, that really know how to pitch is it's always fun to watch and it should be a good matchup between two division rivals. As for our probable starters, we have 10 pitchers in the auto start tier, including Zach Wheeler. We also have Shohei Otani versus the Marlins, Luis Castillo versus the Pirates, and Framber Valdez in Oakland. Our probably start tier has five pitchers, and our questionable start tier has 10, where we'll find our streamer of the day in Michael Lorenzen versus the White Sox. He had a stretch of three straight starts, allowing one and run or less before his last blowout. So he could be a pretty good option against a White Sox lineup that is somewhat underwhelming. I would also keep an eye out for Edward Cabrera in LA. He's walked one or fewer batter in each of his last two starts, and that sort of seems to be the thing that makes or breaks his success. And I'd also look for Brady Singer in Washington. He's been very inconsistent this year and not really trustworthy, but the Nationals are not a lineup to be scared of, and I think Singer can take advantage of that. In terms of hitter suggestions, I would say Mets hitters versus Chase Anderson in Coors. Anderson is not the most imposing pitcher and Coors is not the place that you want to be as a pitcher. I think Daniel Vogelbach, Brett Beatty, and Mark Vientos are more under the radar options that could have big games if they are in the lineup, but there's lots of options in New York that I would consider streaming if they're starting on Saturday. And lastly, we'll close things out with our relievers to watch. Despite no saves, 
over the past couple of days. Dylan Floro has pitched in both of them, but so has Tanner Scott. He's pitched in three straight. So I think Kwaskar Brazoban or Matt Barnes may be the alternatives to record a save on Saturday. And lastly, Josh Hader has pitched consecutive days for the Padres and in three of the last four. So Nick Martinez has a good shot at vulturing a save. But that'll do it for today's episode of the First Pitch Podcast. Make sure to head on over to pitcherlist.com to check out all of the great articles and features we have on the site, including fantastic player pages and daily DFS suggestions. Join PL Pro to gain access to the Discord to interact with PitcherList staff like myself and members of the community, as well as to utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues. That'll wrap up this edition of the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Crumpler. Tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast and make sure to enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.